0: It takes a lot to become a successful bettor, and there's always lessons to be learned. In this series, we speak to a range of different people in the betting industry to find out what they have to say. This is Profit From Perspective. Joining me for today's episode of Profit From Perspective is someone whose Twitter handle says it all really. Welcome to Plus EV Analytics.
1: All right. Hi, Ben. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thank you for joining us. How are you doing? You all right?
1: I am great. I'm great. I'm just uh, at the office on my lunch break and uh, about to enjoy what will hopefully be the best part of my day.
0: Cool. No pressure then. Right. So, I mean, as much as I'd like to refer to you as Plus EV Analytics, I'm going to have to go with Matt, if that's all right. Matt's Perfect. Cool. Um, So, Matt, I mean, this this series is still fairly new. It's pretty straightforward, but for the benefit of our our new listeners, we're going to be asking all of our guests the same five questions about betting. They're going to be fairly generic, but the answers will obviously all be very different. So, you ready?
1: Absolutely. Let's do it.
0: Cool. So, question number one. What do you bet on and why?
1: What do I bet on and why? So, I have historically spent my time mostly on... Uh, what we call the big four American sports, so baseball, football, basketball, hockey. Uh, I've done some horse racing in the past. Uh, I'm just starting to explore tennis because tennis is a really interesting kind of mathematical uh, object where, where really if you can predict... Really, like two values: the, the the probability that each player will win a, a service point, and the probability they'll win a return point. That that gets you almost all the way towards being able to predict a lot about uh, different pieces of the match. So I'm just starting to to explore that. Um, I, I would basically call myself a derivatives guy in that I don't focus on modeling the outcome of a game. I, I think that there are so many complex factors, uh, recent form, long-term performance, you know, weather, injuries. There are so many factors that go into trying to predict the outcome of a match that, that it's just not something that I, that I feel like I can do. What I really focus more on is saying, okay, if I look at a line, say a money line, and if I assume that money line is efficient, meaning it's it's a the line is um, an accurate predictor of the underlying probabilities. What kind of secondary conclusions can I draw from that? So it leads me to uh, a lot of props, uh, a lot of kind of mid-game, kind of halftime stuff. I, I've uh, just started dabbling in hockey uh, first period totals this year. Same kind of idea. Um, my specialty is something called Bayesian inference, which is you're kind of separating all of the the unknown, all the randomness in the world into two categories. One's called aleatory uncertainty, which is inherent randomness built into a thing. And the other piece is called epistemic uncertainty, which is kind of pseudo-randomness caused by our own incomplete knowledge of how the thing works. It's kind of like observing a series of repeated coin flips and trying to figure out if if the coin is fair or if it's biased so it's it's really about how do we take real world observations and integrate them into our understanding of how the world works. You know, what, what if our observations either confirm or oppose our prior understanding? Is it, is it signal? Is it noise? How do you tell the difference? So that kind of thing is, is really what, uh, what fascinates and interests me.
0: And what's the, what's the motivation or what's the, the skills that you have that have kind of led you to bet on these things?
1: Uh, so, so I do have an actuarial background. so so part of that uh, does help. but i'm I, I'm always just fascinated with with the sort of philosophy of science, with how do we know what we know? how do we how do we know what we think we know? Kind of what what is how do we take the information that 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 is present in the universe and sort it into signal and noise? How do we learn from things? How do we you know avoid making mistakes? Uh, in how we process information, and that ends up in a lot of, of really cool um, fields of study around cognitive biases, and you know how, how do our brains trick us into making false conclusions based on information? And it's just something that I've always uh, been fascinated in, both in, in my day job and in my hobby.
0: Right. So moving on to question number two, for you, what is the hardest part about betting?
1: Um, I'd say there are a couple of things for me. Uh, the first one is kind of common to everyone, and it's psychologically separating the process from, from the outcomes. Um, you had Rufus Peabody on your pod, which is a great pod, great discussion, and I think he talked about this a bit, where um, you, 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 there there are a lot of – Instances where you will make a good decision and have a, a bad outcome, or make a bad decision and have a good outcome, and it's easy to tell yourself, "Hey, you know, focus on the process, not the outcome." But we're really fighting millions of years of evolutionary biology that sort of trained our brains to to do the opposite. So, so we, we are really kind of fighting our, our own instincts. So I would say that's a really difficult thing to manage. Um, the other one is never really being able to tell how right I am. So people talk a lot about closing line value as, as a way to measure whether they're making good or bad bets. And that's, that's a great measure. The problem with that is closing line value, what it will tell you is if you are seeing the same thing that the market sees, you're just seeing it fastest and the market follows you. You know, If that happens, then then that's great for you. But it's not the only way of of, of knowing whether you're making good or bad bets. And for example, what if you're seeing something that nobody else in the market sees? You won't necessarily get that closing line value unless you're moving the lines yourself. Um, but if you're right, you, you will see it in the outcomes. So the only real way to measure that is results. But of course, it takes thousands of bets to, to really Um, understand whether you've been lucky or unlucky or whether there's actually underlying um, positive expected value there. And even if you you get your thousands of bets, well, who's to say that the market hasn't changed or or caught up to you over that period of time? So uh, a model that I built might work fine today, but it might not work so well six months or a year from now, and it's, it's really hard, especially with some of the more exotic markets like props where you can't necessarily expect the, the closing line to catch up to you. Uh, it, it's hard to really tell wh- whether you know what you're doing or, or you don't.
0: And I guess that's kind of a, that's a widespread problem amongst bettors. Is it something that do you have to accept that there's, there's, it's hard to find a solution to that, or what do you kind of do about it?
1: Um, you do, and then again, it's it's the, the more kind of obscure the markets you're betting into, the the less you're going to be able to rely on closing line value to signal that you're making good bets. If you're betting into the more liquid markets, then then yeah, CLV is a is a great way of of doing that. But otherwise, you've got to rely on you, you know you, maybe you you run your model for a few months and you sort of make fake bets or you make small bets and 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 have kind of a, a testing phase. Or if possible, you find enough historical data that will allow you to backtest your model and say, okay, if I had been doing this for the last three years, here's what my results would have been. Um, even then, the markets can change every day because this is, a, this is a constant competition between me and the other people up there in the market who are trying to to do the same things that I'm doing. So even a model that would have made money over the past three years, if I can get past a sample size problem, it still doesn't guarantee anything because the market may have changed. Um, more sophisticated money may have entered the market uh, and and you never you never really know. So so I mean you get your results, you do your back testing where you can and, and these are ways to increase your confidence that you're making good bets. Um, but in a lot of cases you have to just live with not knowing with 100 percent certainty, and, and again, this is back to Bayesian updating. Is you can look at results, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> you can look at results as they emerge, uh, and, and you can sort of update your assessment of whether you have an edge or not. And there's some pretty cool mathematics that will let you do that.
0: Right on to question three. What would you do with your time if you weren't betting?
1: Huh, well, I, I wish I was a professional better, and, and uh, so I could really give you a real answer to that question. But uh, kind of be- betting is what I do when I'm not doing my uh, my day job. So I, I am an actuary. Uh, you guys actually at Pinnacle had a great article, I think it was last year, where you listed a couple of professions that uh, that you thought were... Especially well suited to success in betting, and I was I was glad to see actuary was number one on that list. And I think the phrase you guys used was uh, "bookmaker in disguise," which is absolutely right. Um, you know, when people find out around the office that I uh, I enjoy gambling, the first thing they say is, "Well, Matt, you know, your 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 actuarial skills must really come in handy in in the gambling uh, world." And and well, yes, they absolutely do. Um, but what I find more interesting is I would say the opposite is even more true. I think that, that uh, my hobby as a somewhat successful gambler and gambling analyst has really improved my performance on the job. Because for most actuaries, risk is this sort of conceptual um, weird thing that only really exists in textbooks, but I'm lucky enough to get the opportunity to to really interact with risk on a daily basis outside of the work environment, which really helps me understand data, understand uncertainty, understand volatility, understand risk in a way that most people in my profession don't get the opportunity to to do. Um, There's also a nice little parallel between my, my job and my hobby, and it, it relates to um, what, what uh, Nassim Taleb, who's a, who's a really great author, calls fragility and anti-fragility. So what I do in my job is I, I set premium rates for different types of insurance, and I can set rates for 100 different types of policies, and I can get 99 of them perfect, and I can make a mistake on one of them. And, and what will happen is a phenomenon called adverse selection, where the market will find that one, and it will punish me. Even though I've gotten 99 uh, right out of 100, the market will really make me pay for that one mistake. And the more uncertainty or volatility there is in the system, the more vulnerable I am to, to that adverse selection, and that's what Taleb calls fragility. And, and this really stresses me out on, on a real kind of visceral level. And And one of the things I do to sort of, de-stress myself as I put myself on the other side of the equation where, as a better, uh, I can look at an odds board where there might be odds for 100 different types of events, and for 99 of them, I can look at them and say, well, there's really no edge here on either side. I'm just not going to bet on this event. But if one out of 100, th- there, there's a, a, an edge there, then I can I can make that bet on that one. And then so... That puts me in what's called an anti-fragile position where the more different events there are and the more sort of uncertainty or volatility there is in the system, the more I can actually gain from picking off that one out of a hundred. That's uh, that's a line that, that can be bet into. And uh, so it's a nice little parallel where where the, the the same thing that really causes me a lot of anxiety in my day job is the same thing that I can exploit in, uh, in my hobby.
0: So on to question four, and I really like this one. What one piece of betting advice would you give your old self?
1: So to be very simple, I would just say go for it. Um, edges, positive expected value situations are things that don't appear very often in the real world. And when they do, there is no telling how long they will last. So I think if I look back on my betting history, there were probably a bunch of situations where I was too risk averse, or I bet too small, or I didn't bet often enough on Um, advantageous situations and a lot of those advantageous situations no longer exist today. So, so I have that regret of saying, Hey, you know, if if I only um, put a little more money in play, or if I, if I took a little more risk um, back at, at uh, earlier stages of my life, uh, I would have taken better advantage of these opportunities, knowing that the opportunities are, are kind of few and far between. And when they show up, they they don't last forever, so go for it.
0: And is that something that you're practicing now? Do you maximize your edge when you when you have the opportunity?
1: Uh, I, I try to. So I've, I've, uh, another area of of research for me is the Kelly criterion. I've actually written a, a an article on pinnacle a couple of years ago on that. And uh, you know, so I, I, I do try to do that. I, I find these days I am more limited by. Uh, how much I am able to get down more than the size size of my edge, um, but yes, I guess the the um, the the ultimate manifestation of this go for it philosophy would be for me to to quit my job and start betting full time. But I'm, I'm not ready to do that. I'm not ready to give up, uh, you know, a steady income for uh, a career uh, again that that might it might all go away tomorrow. The the, the um, The situations, the positive, expected value situations that I am exploiting to this day, there's no guarantee that they'll be around next month or next week or or tomorrow. So I guess um, this is me failing to learn from from my past and and continuing to to be risk-averse, which can be good in in, in some respects because there there is something to be said for stability in kind of living a a low-risk lifestyle. I guess it's all about balance.
0: And those those dreams of, of being a professional better, do you think they're further away now than what they were before or is it something you're getting closer to?
1: Um, it's a good question, I, I really don't see it happening because no matter what happens, no matter what models I build, no matter what edges I find, you're never going to have that guaranteed sustainability of a, of a steady paycheck and, and I don't just mean the variance of week to week of, of sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, I, I have no problem dealing with that but it's more the variance of um, the opportunities and the sustainability of those opportunities. If markets get sharp, if certain uh, bookmakers cease to exist, if, if um, certain legal changes happen, there, there are all kinds of ways that I can think of, and I'm sure there are other ways that I can't think of, but are real, where, where my income stream, from gambling could dry up and it's one thing to to lose a hobby that that has made me money that would be sad, but to lose a livelihood um is it, just a a situation a, a risk that i can't bear to take and and you know in in some of these um white collar type industries like like finance and insurance and kind of the the world I live in. There's really no guarantee that if I take a year or two or three off to become a professional gambler that I would be kind of welcomed with open arms back into this world. So again, it's just a risk that I'm I'm not prepared to bear in my own life.
0: So we're up to the fifth and final question now. What is your one honest truth about betting?
1: My one honest truth about betting, um, I would say... And, again, this is something that you guys have touched on a little bit in your excellent series, uh, your your betting resources series. On, on, You had an article on something called the Green Lumber Fallacy. And to summarize it, I would say that domain knowledge is vastly overrated. Most, if not all, successful sports bettors, at least in the year 2019, are not successful because they have a superior knowledge of sports. Maybe there are exceptions to that. If you're into obscure sports like volleyball or curling, then maybe you can find an edge for yourself by just knowing more about the sport than anybody else. But for the major sports and the major markets, sports betting in 2019 is essentially a mathematics competition. Being a sports expert helps. It might get you 10% of the way there. It certainly helps in you being able to understand the real world context behind the data sets that you're looking at. But it is in no way sufficient to to allow you to be a successful long-term sports better. And it's actually worse than, than, than knowing nothing at all. Because the only worse thing than knowing nothing at all is knowing nothing and think you know something, if that makes sense. Um, you know, to, to, to not have an edge but think you have an edge will cause you to lose a lot of money. Uh, it'll be a very expensive lesson to learn. And all of those psychological biases will be whispering in your ear telling you, oh, you're really good at this. You just had a, a bit of a run of bad luck. And, and it's really a, a difficult cycle for, for you to to get out of and to realize hey wait a minute maybe there, there's more to this that I'm missing and there's a reason why I've, I, I've been losing and it's a it's a hard truth for people to learn and there are many people out there uh, in the world and especially on Twitter who, who people who, who just will not accept the fact that th- they are, are not good enough at this to make a living at it or to win long-term, and it's not because they're not experts in sports. It's because winning at betting on sports requires expertise in probabilities and odds and data analysis much, much more than it requires uh, in-depth knowledge of sports, at least in most cases.
0: Yeah, I think there's that, that quote that's rightly or wrongly attributed to, to Mark Twain, it's, it's not what you don't know that gets you in trouble, it's what you know for sure that just ain't so.
1: <laughs> that's, that's exactly it.
0: So those, you kind of talked about like domain knowledge there, and if we kind of just kind of rewind back to that first question about what you bet on, so out of the sports you're currently betting on, what sports do you have domain knowledge of?
1: uh I've, I've been a sports fan my entire life uh, so i i live in uh in the toronto area in canada and, and so my my fondest memory as a child was i was actually in the in the stands at game six of the 1993 baseball world series when joe carter hit that walk-off home run to win the series for the blue jays so i've i've always been a, a baseball fan uh growing up and uh Hockey as well, football, I'm a big NFL fan, and then of course basketball. It's, uh, there's a lot of energy in, in the city of Toronto right now with the Raptors having just won the championship. Um, so, I mean, there are, of course, there are things like soccer and curling that I, I watch a little bit uh, on TV, but I would say those big four sports are, are where I would have the most domain knowledge for what it's worth, which is, again, virtually nothing.
0: I mean, you've given us some great answers there, Matt. And as much as I'd love to be able to ask you some more, unfortunately, we're going to have to call it a day there. I just want to say thanks so much for, for taking your time out on your on your lunch break to share some insight. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you, Ben. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll look forward to the next episode.